0: Episode number eight on the Live Out Loud podcast. I am so glad that you are joining me here today. I am your host, Kim Kirkfleet. I would like to say welcome, and I hope that you had an amazing start of the year. We are, can you believe it? We are in the first week of February. Speaking of February, I have to let you know that I will be out for the next two weeks. That means no new podcasts until the 27th of February. I'm really sorry for that little break, but we will be back for some more conversations on the 27th. Let's start our time off together with a few introductions. First, the Live Out Loud podcast. What are we about here? I'm glad you asked. This is a place where we talk about intentional living and wholehearted parenting. We talk about what it is like to be human in this world today, what it's like to parent our kids, to grow alongside them. I am so excited that you are spending the next few minutes with me as we jump into our topic, which brings me to introduction number two, what today is about we are going to be talking about fostering love in the family. I am excited about this one as well, as I share my heart with you, not from perfection, but from real life experience and just wanting to fully live out the life that God has given us. So let's jump into our podcast today and let's go. Like I said earlier, happy February. This is the month that we all associate with love, right? Hearts everywhere. You go to the store and the aisles are lined with hearts and chocolates and the red and the green, I mean the red and the pink, and it's just so festive everywhere you go right now for Valentine's Day. I think that they pulled that out probably before Christmas was even over, but whatever. But since we are in the month of February, I have a fun question to ask and I'm gonna throw this out there, And um, I would like to hear your feedback. If you would want to shoot me your answers over on Instagram, ellieandtheboys.co. I would love to have this discussion with you. I would probably make a post about it so we can chat about it there. But here is the question all about Valentine's Day. I want to know what side we are on. Okay. I think I've narrowed it down to about three groups. All right. We've got number one, the ones who are all about Valentine's. They celebrate it, they look forward to it, they buy the chocolates, they go all out. They plan the big dinners. These are the people who, Valentine's Day, you do not mess with this date on their calendar. They have a beautiful way of making February 14th extra special. And then we have our second group, okay? The ones in the middle ground. The ones who don't mind Valentine's Day, but they're not going to go out of their way to be... um, to go to the store and buy the stuffed teddy bear and give all the sweet treats to everybody and plan out the dinners. And then we have our third group, the ones who don't understand this holiday at all. (laughs) The ones who see it as just another day on the calendar and they quickly move on. And since I asked you where you stand on this topic, I'm gonna tell you I am between the second and the third group. I don't really celebrate it, but I don't mind. Like it's, it's, it's not a big deal, it's not gonna, I'm not gonna get upset that other people are celebrating it, right? But I've never really planned anything special on that date. It's just kind of another day, but I don't buy the chocolates. I don't buy the things. And flowers on Valentine's Day don't really mean more to me than flowers any other day. I was going to say, flowers do not mean anything, but let's be real. Flowers any day of the year is just a good idea. Am I right? So with all of this talk about love in the air this February, I thought it would be fun to do a few podcasts um, on love. And today's episode is fostering love in family life. I've had some people ask me this question before about how do we foster love in our family life? I don't think that I have the end all be all solution. And actually I couldn't even answer the question when they asked me, but those types of questions do make me stop and think a little bit more. So I have since stopped and written down some of the things that I've seen, the things that we do as a family, and some of the values or some of just the habits that we have created to foster love in the family. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. I narrowed it, or I chose six of the things that I wrote out. I'm going to explain those to you today. And also at the end, we're gonna talk about some practical applications, if you will. I told you that there were six points today that we were going to talk about. And the first one, of course, starts with us as parents. Here's a crazy statistic for you. Did you know that 100% of the time, our kids are going to copy exactly what we do? And I know that you already know this, but for the sake of my point, I'm going to repeat this. Our kids copy what we do. So when we think about fostering love in our family, and we remember that it starts with us as parents, this is an important part. Several months back, we were going through a bit of rough waters, if you wanna say that, When it came to treating each other with love inside of our own home, I felt like I kept repeating myself over and over and it just wasn't changing. And I remember I was standing in the kitchen. (laughs) Here I am in the kitchen again. I was putting away some leftover food. And I was just having this conversation in my head with God. And I was asking him to help me fix this less than peaceful situation that was going on in our home. And I remember God so gently asked me to take a look at my actions. Whoa, I was not asking God to fix me. I was asking him to fix the problem we were having. And he said, take a look inside. Take a look at the way I was speaking and the words I was choosing to use. I wasn't using profanity or harsh words, but I was not pointing to God's best in my children. I was pointing out their shortcomings more often than not and getting on them for for every little thing. And I was the one leading the charge on this less than peaceful situation. How many of us know that whatever standard we set as parents, it is going to be taken and it's going to be added to. So if I set a high standard for my kids, they will most likely take it further than I even expected. And the same thing goes when the standard I set for words, and the ways that we speak to and about each other are set. If I, as the parent, start to not be as kind to my children in my words or the way I'm speaking to them, my kids are going to take that and they're going to add to it. So here I was talking to God and he reminded me to check my heart, my words, and my actions. Do you know what happened when I started switching back? yes they all followed we as parents set the standard and our children will follow whatever path we take them on they are always on our heels so when we are looking at our family and wondering how in the world can we start fostering love in the family just start with yourself and see the ways that we speak to our children whenever whenever we are upset for one whenever we are frustrated how do we speak to our children whenever things aren't going quite right, when they are testing the lines, when they are pushing the boundaries. How do we respond in times of joy? How do we respond in any situation in life? Check how we respond to our children and start with ourselves first. And then we can move on to number two, point out God's best in your children. I heard this said, A few years back when I was working full-time in ministry, I was talking to another leader and he casually said this, point out God's best in them and call them up. I don't really know if that came from a book or from this person, but I remember it just struck me so much and it made me stop and think just how beautiful it would be to do that in the family life as well. Not just outside or in ministry or wherever else you're working in the workspace, but in our family home. And I began to dissect this and wondering how I could apply that to our lives, to my kids' lives and my relationships at home. Because more often than not, it is so easy to point out the worst in people. We as humans easily get upset when something doesn't go right. We are quick to call people out whenever they have not met our standards, whenever they have shortcomings. We are so quick to jump on people. But I do not believe that is the way God intended for us to do relationships. And for some reason, it is especially hard to do this with the people closest to us. We have a tendency to letting people close to us get on our nerves and we are quick to jump on them and point out where they have wronged us or what they have done that wasn't right. But pointing out God's best in people What an amazing idea this is. It's bringing to light God's character, God's strengths that He has given them, and calling those out of them, and letting those be what shines. It's hard to want ourselves to look good. But in this scenario, it's making the other person look good. It's saying, hey, I saw how you had patience with your brother whenever they asked to play with you. That was beautiful. It's taking moments of chaos in the home, you're trying to make dinner or fold the laundry and everything is chaotic. And you stop and just pause long enough to find one thing about someone that you can bring out. Maybe you have one of your children sitting on the couch, reading a book. And in that moment, you can point out that in them and just say, thank you. Thank you for not creating more chaos. And you know what happens more often than not? All of the other ones will follow because we all like praise. We all prefer words of encouragement. And so whenever they see that mom stopped and she told this one child, thank you for doing this more often than not, everyone else will follow because you pointed out God's best in someone in that moment. It could have been easy to say, guys, please just stop and just sit on the couch and read. And they would have done that, that I've done that many times or guys, let's go outside and play. Let's take this noise outside. And that is absolutely fine. But sometimes calling out God's best in someone will call everyone else up that's around them and even that person as well. Okay, so far we have talked about two things. Number one, it starts with us as parents. And number two, point out God's best in them, in our children. Number three, knowing what each member needs. Okay, mama. I know we already have so much to take care of at home. The laundry, the dishes, the floors need sweeping, the food needs to be put away, and the children need to be taught. But I promise you that this one will absolutely be worth your time and your effort. Just like we know when it's time to refill the salt shaker, or the bottle of laundry detergent, or to replenish the rolled oats jar in the pantry, we also need to know our children's heart the same way. We use observations to know when things in our home need to be reset. And our kids' hearts are no different. They struggle with the same things every human does. With lack of patience or lack of thankfulness. Maybe little kindness. The lack of any other fruit of the spirit. But hear me out, mamas. Stopping and assessing your child's heart will go a long way. I am an overthinker by nature, so this one does come a little easier to me but I think that we can all grow these skills of watching our children and watching their behavior. We as moms know our children the best. We know whenever they are having an off day. We know whenever they are struggling with something. We may not know with what they're struggling, but we know that they're having a hard time. And so taking these cues from them and acting before it gets to be a problem will set them up for a win. And what do I mean about that? If you see your child struggling with something, with any issue, maybe you just need to take a little bit of time out of your day and spend some quality time with that child. If we have errands to run, take them with us. And don't forget to stop for a scoop of ice cream on your way home. And you know what? I guarantee they will open up to you over ice cream because you have taken time with them. Another way is knowing your child's personality one of my children thrives on alone time and being able to reset. And when I can see that their emotions are getting just a little overwhelmed, I can just tell everybody else to go find something specific to do. And I allow him to have that time before it becomes this explosion of emotions that then we have to control. We control it before it happens. And in a way we help them reset so they can show up better and then it doesn't have to stop there. We can also teach this to our children. Help them learn to assess what other people need. We were headed down to some friend's house a few days ago and they have a little toddler and my kids love to play with her. But sometimes they can get all up in her face and of course, no child likes this, right? And for them to say, please stop, it's this little scream that lets everybody know that they've had enough. Well, on our way down, we were talking about Um, this specific situation and I asked the kids what do we do whenever you're playing with the little girl and she has let you know that she doesn't want to keep playing with you or doesn't want you in her space and one of them piped up and said well we just back off and do something else that is teaching them to assess other people's needs of course they just want to keep playing with her that sounds like a lot of fun but they need to know that in that moment they need to give someone space. So teaching our kids, this skill will go a long way for them in their job in their future relationships and just in life in general. All right, let's wrap that one up and move on to number four is knowing the why we talked a little bit about this last week. So today I'm just going to talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to go into detail, But just like we talked about in last week's episode, our kids need to understand the why behind our family's values. Knowing the why behind the things that we do drives us to do them well. Helping our kids understand the importance of fostering love will go from mom said to be kind to understanding God's heart for our family. And when it goes from head to heart, it will create a sense of ownership for our kids in their actions, and then in knowing that they have to answer to God for their actions, not just mom or dad. And God carries so much weight than just mom. The why for our family. We always go back to scripture, but if I could sum it up in just a few words, I would say this The relationship is more important than the issue. Your child is having a hard time sharing a toy. You know what? The relationship matters more than the toy. We can put the toy away on the shelf and focus on the relationship right now. They're always choosing the biggest cookie on the tray. All right, let's practice serving each other. Let's give the biggest cookie to someone else and offer it to them first. The relationships matter more than the issues or the problems or whatever else is in front of us. But helping them understand this will create ownership over their actions, like I said before. And that, my friends, takes so much weight off of you as a mom and the things that you have to do because it transfers it back to them and it takes a load off, honestly. Now, we are still here to coach them through and walk them through, but they are thinking more about their actions than you are having to step in and be a mediator. All right, moving right along. Number five, we have helped them celebrate each other. we do love this one in our family so much so that I don't even have to bring it up often the kids will ask to do this one so I'm gonna walk you through what it looks like to help each other to help them celebrate each other it started with conversations when they were little mostly at birthdays or um, Christmas whenever someone would get a gift and the other child wanted to play with the gift or wanted a gift himself I would walk them through why that day was special for that person. It's their birthday. We are going to celebrate with them and we are excited that they got an amazing gift. And now if they want to share with us, that's great. But right now we are going to celebrate them. They understand this idea because they also have birthdays and they also love to open gifts on Christmas. So it's not a foreign idea for them to celebrate someone on this day. And then the days that go after these birthdays, we just keep talking about it to our children, about celebrating other people in our lives. And the fact that it's not always going to look the same for everybody. So now, after years of conversations, they know that when someone receives a gift or words of encouragement or a little pat on the back, it's not for them to feel overlooked, but to celebrate the other person. So that's with big things, whenever they receive a gift, or maybe someone on the field said, hey, you played so good today. But we can also help them celebrate each other in daily life. Whenever someone is coloring a beautiful picture and someone else is walking by, I catch them say, oh my goodness, I love the colors that you used. Or perhaps they're having a competition of Lego building, building a big ship, and whoever builds the coolest ship wins. And what's beautiful is, although it is a competition, they will celebrate the person who wins. The person who gets picked for the coolest ship, they collectively celebrate this person. The competition was building. It wasn't a competition of who is better. It is about the creation and so their relationship stays intact and that is such a beautiful thing to watch unfold as they celebrate each other. And the part that I told you my kids asked to do because we just love this one so much, is they ask to celebrate each other openly. We will go around in a circle and say, all right, uh, Mom, it's your turn to say something you love about one of, you know, they'll pick a name. And so then it's my turn, and I have to say something that I love about them, and then they'll pick somebody else. All right, it's your turn to say something about this person. And it gives us a chance to go around in a circle and just bring out some positive things that we have seen about each other or something that we think is awesome and just to bring that to light and just celebrate that person for who they are. And that is such a fun activity. We do it in the car, around the dinner table, when we're out on a picnic, whatever. Just celebrating each other is such a beautiful gift to give your kids and your family life. And the last one is, how can I serve the family? Asking yourself the question, how can I serve the family? Serving is different than having to do something. When you do something out of the perspective of serving, it is loving the person in the future. I read a quote a while back and although I don't really remember it word for word, the idea of it has stuck with me. And, and the quote was this, when you wash your bowl or your cup or any other dish, don't look at it as simply having to just do the task, but think about the person who will use it next and the blessing it will be for them to use a clean dish. Now, it goes beyond just washing the dishes. It goes into every area of our life of this posture of serving the family because we're thinking about the blessing that our actions are going to be. A few weeks ago, we had an exhausting week with frozen pipes and busted water lines. And on top of that, most of my kids got sick. So, so sick. And their energy was completely zapped out but because of the busted pipes and everything, the, the chaos that was going on, they were up and helping us work whenever we needed. They were up and moving a little slow, yes, but they were willing to help us move heaters into crawl spaces and pump water out of places that water should not be been in. But I can tell you, these kids were serving the family. They weren't just doing something because I had asked them to half the time, I didn't even have to ask. I would walk by with a bucket and they were, mom, mom, let me come help you, you know? And I'm like, I would feel bad because they're laying on the couch and they're not feeling well. But their attitudes, their posture of their heart was to serve in whatever capacity that they could, and they did. And it was so beautiful to work as a team. And that is serving. Thinking about the people in your family. I have found that switching a simple word from our vocabulary, from I have to, I have to put my toys away, I have to wash the dishes, I have to make dinner, to serving changes our heart behind our actions. An easy way to start making this change is in the language we use. When your child, say, they pick up their shoes or their toys, instead of saying, oh, good job, honey, we can say, thank you for serving the family. Really simple, really simple words. But when they start hearing these words again and again, it will remind them that they are not just doing a task or um, carrying out whatever mom asked them to do. They are serving each other. And it is what we are called to do as believers. Jesus came as a serve, a servant, and we are called to follow in his footsteps to serve one another. And if we can teach our children that early on in life, we will set them up to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. It will change your home life today and their future life. So to wrap this last one up is how can you serve the family? Thinking on that, asking the question, changing your vocabulary to serve instead of I have to. Okay. That was such a fun conversation. But before we end our time together, I told you I was going to give you some practical applications. So here they are. Let's go through them really quickly. Number one, ask questions about each other. While driving, at the end of your day, around the dinner table, wherever you find yourself, ask questions about each other. One of the questions we like to ask is, all right guys, what did you notice someone do that was amazing today? And this gets them thinking about the other person. Instead of thinking about their shortcomings, they're thinking about how amazing they were that day. And then they'll pick one or two and then they'll share it with the group and it just brings light to that person's character. So that is a great question to ask. Number two, keep an eye on your child. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, study their actions and see what they need before they reach a point of it being a problem. Try to meet them before issues arise. We can't always account for them all and some of them are just gonna happen. We can't catch everything. But I have found that studying my children and meeting them before things become issues makes it that much easier to talk them through and then just to be there and help them have a heart response like we talked about last week. Heart responses are how they respond to emotional issues. So meeting our child before it becomes an issue and walking them through that. Another practical application, give your children gifts, love on them maybe you have a child who struggles in reading when they finish a chapter book celebrate that win with them maybe go for a little ice cream run if you have noticed that some of your children are a little bit messier than the rest i think we all have some of those and this week they were keeping their shoes picked up and it was a really hard thing for them make sure to let them know that you noticed gifts don't have to be bought it can be words or time as well as small gifts but blessing your child individually lets them know that they are seen. All right. Number four, ask the question, how can I serve the family this week? Maybe ask it at the beginning of your week and lay that out as the foundation of how you're going to step into your week or at the end of the day, ask each member, how did you serve someone today without having to be asked? This is a really fun way to keep ourselves accountable because if someone doesn't have an answer, We don't point it out as a failure, but they have an opportunity to do better tomorrow. So a really fun way to foster love in the family is just to ask that question, how can you serve the family today? Number five, positive affirmation. This goes further than calling attention to something negative. As often as you can use positive affirmation and you will also notice that your kids may pick up on this as well and they will start using it more often. And that's a good thing. It all goes back to what we talked about earlier, pointing out God's best in each other. So to recap the five practical applications, number one, ask questions about each other. Number two, keep an eye on your child. Number three, give individual gifts. Number four, ask the question, how can I serve my family? And number five, positive affirmation. It has been so great to have you here today on the Live Out Loud podcast. I hope you have enjoyed your time just as much as I have. Thank you for joining me today. And don't forget, no podcasts for the next two weeks until the 27th of February. I will see you then.